Welcome into another edition of the original Alabama basketball podcast. Uh, we are SEC regular season champions. Uh, we will talk about that throughout the show today. Of course, I am your host, James Fletcher, alongside Luke Ratliff, and we have special guest and co-host, Trevin Pierre-Noel, making his return uh, to the podcast. Of course, he was with us for two years prior to this. It's good to have the whole crew back together. Yeah, it feels good. I feel older. I feel real old. That's all it feels, man. I'm graduated. You know, I'm watching from a distance now. I feel old about it, man. Yeah, if we have any loyal listeners of this podcast out there uh, that remember the glory days uh, in the before time, before Alabama was SEC champions, you know Trev and Pierre Noel very well. He was our co-host. We had the one, two, three going where it was the two court jesters and myself and Trevin. And then the beacon of journalistic integrity, James. And uh, Trevin left us last year. He graduated. Congrats to him. He's off to bigger and better things. But tonight, right now, he's with us right here on the original Alabama basketball podcast. There is nowhere else I'd rather be, and that, and that is being honest. Yeah, and we have got a great show lined up. We will, of course, talk about being SEC regular season champions. We will give you a recap of that Mississippi State game. Uh, where Alabama clinched the title. We'll give you a, a little brief rundown of that Arkansas game where they missed out on the chance earlier in the week. And then we will get you ready for Auburn. It'll be senior day uh, for this group that, of course, we all we all love and know this group so well. Uh, Herb Jones, John Petty, Alex Reese, of course, Bruner coming in. Uh, he will be honored uh, as well. And so a lot to talk about there. And then we will preview Georgia as well. That'll be on CBS uh, coming up this weekend, the game that was added. So, guys, welcome in. We're SEC champions. I never thought I'd hear those words, ever, ever. I never I never thought I'd hear it. I suffered through Redno Bazelhan. I suffered through Avery Johnson Jr., Jimmy Taylor. We're, we're not talking about Avery Johnson I, Jr. with you. I know, I know. You know, you know, I'm on the show. I got to bring his name up at least once, all right? <laughs> I suffered through all these guys, right? And just the fact that we've gotten to this point. Two years ago, I honestly wouldn't have thought I would ever see the top of this mountain. But Nate Oates, congrats. Great staff, put it together. Team being resilient, being strong fighting through all these games for them. Man, I'm just, I'm so happy, bro. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Well, I share in the happiness because it's, like you said, it's, we've been through a lot. And I don't know if I would say suffering through Retina Bossa and one of my favorite players. I mean, that time. team, that team, it was like a 500 team, man. It was tough, man. We were playing, we were playing coin flips, see if we was going to win the game that night. It, it was, but again, the point still stands. Uh, who would have, even last year, much less two years ago this month against Norfolk State and the NIT, who would have thought that this program, this team, just in two years with Coach NATO to the helm and his coaching staff would be at the top of the mountain, would be at the top of the SEC, looking back at not just won the conference, but won by a rather comfortable margin, had a chance to win uh, either a share or outright with five games left in the season. So this is a, I mean, this is a moment, I mean, ridiculously large achievement for Alabama, for the program, for the university, 
for the students, the players, the coaches, for the state, this is a ridiculously large achievement. And uh, it's, but it's nice. Like words fail to describe how big of a deal this is at the University of Alabama. Yeah, and we saw the incredible celebration. Uh, of course, you got caught on camera celebrating just after the game ended, Luke. But uh, then coming back to Tuscaloosa, fans meeting the bus uh, there to support the guys as they got off and, and went into the uh, – in Coleman. And then just to see that outpouring and then for it to continue over the next few days and to get shout-outs from, from all across the country, whether it's uh, recruits – uh, like J.D. Davison uh, giving shout-outs to the team before he joins them next season, or, I mean, professional players uh, giving Alabama their props, national media talking about the Crimson Tide. It's just been one thing after another. Every time you look up, somebody is talking about Alabama. And I, I remember a time when it was just the, just the three of us talking about Alabama. <laughs> Well, there was a time, I mean, that's why I've called it for a long time, the world's only Alabama basketball podcast, because it was just us out here on this island. It was just us talking about the tithe. And, uh, well, and I think, I think too, just it's, it, you see the crowd at Coleman Coliseum, you hear the thank yous and stuff like that to the players and coaches everywhere you go. It's not just a weight off the shoulders of this fan base, but it's awoken this fan base, awoken the nation uh, to what Alabama basketball is. And we've talked about this before. Alabama basketball, the fan base is rather large. It is. Even by today's standards, it's a large fan base. That's because of the history and you know, the previous successes program, whether it be in the 70s, 80s, 90s, or even the early 2000s. But they've been underserved for so long, and they've just been a quiet majority. And now they've, they have a reason to cheer. Uh, but I think – if, and a little part of me doesn't want to be surprised because we know how good of a player John Petty is. We know how great of a shooter Jake Shackelford is. We know that Herbert Jones is the best defender in the country. It's, but it's still surprising to see that that quick of turnaround, uh, that quick from losing to Norfolk State, Alabama's the best in the conference by a large margin. See, I, I, I carry that sentiment. Luke, because I think, uh, you know, you say we, we knew, and I feel like we all knew, especially like us who paid attention over the past two years, the actual potential that this team had, but it just it seemed that something always happened that the pieces couldn't get together. So whether it was injuries or it just felt like we just were missing something on the side of the ball, or, you know, we just couldn't hit free throws for a while there, like it was just, it just felt like something was always missing that we just couldn't get over the hump. And so I wouldn't say it's more surprising, more so as relieving to know that, you know, some of the pieces have finally been put together. And I think the like one thing that really stuck out with me with them winning the SEC is Nate Oates saying, look, we're, we're happy, we're congratulating the guys, but we need to go back to playing good basketball. Like he's, he just won the SEC like regular season title. And he's just straight up just like, we still didn't do what we were supposed to do. We got to go back to the field. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Does that not sound like someone else on campus here at university? <laughs> hey, it, hey, it, it ble the bleeding effect, Bezo, you, you stay in Mount Moore long enough, baby, it's going to happen. 
That's right. Well, let's talk about that good basketball that Alabama needs to get back to playing. And let's look, James, you want to look quickly at this Arkansas game that Alabama lost of 15 points in Bud Walton, a very hostile Bud Walton arena, might I add. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. But a very, very, I don't know how to describe this performance by the time. Uh, James, help me out here. What's What What am I missing here? I think, I think they got caught. I think in that game they got caught, you know, obviously, as we talked about, they were so close to reaching this goal of SEC regular season champions. And I think going into Bud Walton arena, they could already see the bus trip back to Coleman Coliseum. They could, they could hear the fans chanting and cheering outside as they returned. And they, they got caught thinking about things other than basketball. And I think that's as, as simple as you can say it. And uh, the, the fouls, I'll say, I'll say this. I know a lot of people are upset about the, the officiating. I thought that it was too tightly called for a big game like that. Then, then what I would want or than what any fan would want, it was more tightly officiated than you would like. But to be completely honest with you, when I looked at the free throw numbers, I think it was 43 to, was it eight, eight. at the end? Eight. I thought that was a, a, a sim, at least semi-fair assessment of how the teams had, had played aggressively towards the basket. I thought that Arkansas forced fouls to be called and Alabama was content to stay away from bodies and shoot over people. Well, I mean, that's all good and well. And Alabama, let's, let's make one thing clear uh, before we get back to talking about the good times. Alabama didn't lose his game against Arkansas because of the officiating. No, no. it certainly didn't help that Arkansas shot 43 free throws and Alabama only shot eight. Uh, but, I mean, Alabama had the same amount, uh, the same uh, drive to the basket percentage on possessions as Arkansas did at 49.1% of their mm -hmm. possessions were drive to the basket. Uh, Alabama just didn't shoot. You start 0 for 7 from 3. Alex Reese start 0 for 4. Uh, and that's just a tough night. And we talked about this earlier on the show, James, you know, in, when Alabama in the, in the uh, non-conference was sort of getting off to a sluggish start, you know what this team's capable of. I mean, this is the very same team that hung 115 points, I believe it was, on LSU, scored 105 on Georgia. And, of course, Arkansas is a better team than both of those. But it's still, you know, the shots when they're not going down and coupled with the officiating. And Alabama played good defense in that game, considering considering the circumstances. But it was a big game moment for the team that hasn't necessarily felt the pressure. I called it before the game. I said it was the biggest Alabama basketball game in nearly 20 years. And that's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely true. Uh, it was just, I think, what you said, James, the players just might have got caught up in the big moment that you know you're going to win the conference at some point. You know. Yeah. To do it on the road at Bud Walton Arena would have been fantastic. Yeah, I it think probably you, the best thing ever. It, it validate everything you feel about your team and how well they play, uh, but they didn't play well. And that's yeah. what Coach Oates was speaking about. Yeah, and I think that part of what you just said right there, it being – the biggest game in 20 years for Alabama. I think one of the things that they failed to account for, at least in that moment while they were on the floor, was it was one of the biggest games in the last 20 years for Arkansas, too. This was 
the first top 25 matchup in Bud Walton Arena in, I think, over 20 years is what I saw. And so this was as big as it gets for Arkansas as well, not to mention they were looking for revenge because they got run out of the gym in Coleman Coliseum. So those guys did not want to go down that way and see Alabama celebrate the SEC championship on their floor when they were the closest competitors. So I think you caught a a red hot Arkansas team at the wrong time uh, to not be fully engaged. Yeah, it was just, it was honestly like, you're going to have bad shooting nights. This has happened to be one of them. Um, It happens every once in a while. Like I, I saw the game. I wasn't as upset as I thought I was going to be because I knew, I knew it was the biggest game out there in history, but also I know that this is a great learning experience for the guys um, I am a big proponent of sometimes you have to lose to, in order to win because you have to learn from your losses and how you can improve and get better. So just getting into that high pressure situation in a hostile environment on the road, um, shooting's not going to go well. Now they have that in their mind of like, all right, we can fight back because they did fight back in that second half, you know, but it, I mean, eventually got away from them. But just having that experience, even even like you're a veteran team, just still having that experience together is going to help them in the long run. Um, we're going to see Arkansas again. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, either in the NCAA tournament or in the SEC tournament, either or. I mean, we're going to see them again, and they're going to learn from this experience. It's going to be neutral site. The calls may be a little bit better, so they'll have better chances in order to get that win. Yeah, I, I think that it's – Pointing towards that with the way that Arkansas is playing, it could be a showdown in the SEC tournament moving forward. But we also have another game to touch on that happened in the last week. And of course, that is the Mississippi State game where Alabama was able uh, to clinch that SEC regular season title. Again, the shooting and and it's been on and off this year because Luke, we even had a discussion. I think it was early January about was this team really that good at shooting the three? But then, of course, we looked like idiots because they came alive and, and were shooting a ridiculous percentage outside, beating teams by 30 every night. But the shooting has gone away again here for a little while. So you, you hope that it comes back just in time for March Madness and that uh, we, can, we can turn things around as we flip the calendar. But what's leading to this lower shooting percentage over the last month that we've seen as we we kind of flip back and forth this is just this is the sec and i've talked about on the show before about you know february in the conference i mean everyone's beat up herbert jones is finally getting back to around 100 percent. jordan brunner just came back into uh the rotation james rojas holy cow this guy uh, james rojas is finally healthy from a lingering wrist issue and a a medical condition he's been fighting for the past month. Everyone's beat up right now. And in the game of basketball, you have – I mean, it's a game of runs. You have a run of games where you're shooting hot, and this is just the season. But you're going to have times where – in Jake Shackford is in one of these right now. You're going to have a stretch of games in the season where you're not shooting your best. Or Joshua Primo, that's exactly what he's going through right now. It's just a stretch in the season where you're not shooting your best. It's not – no one's immune from it. 
Uh, it just happens. It just happens. It's happening to everyone for Alabama right now, much like it was in games against Western Kentucky, games against Clemson, games against Stanford. This is nothing out of the ordinary. It's just it's coming at a bad time of year. But we're being very negative here uh, in a game where talking about a game where Alabama clinched the SEC for the first time in 19 years behind. And I don't look past points yeah. and rebounds and stuff like box score stats. James Rojas, who hit the corner three, his second three of the new year. <laughs> yeah. James Rojas hit the corner three with a minute left to basically seal the game for Alabama. In 20, no, in 14 minutes of play, he was 23.1 box plus minus, plus 23.1. And yeah, that's not a big sample size, but. Yeah. <laughs> the kid came in Big and enough. produced. He produced when he needed him to. Had a couple digs in the uh, under the basket on drives that ended up in steals and transition opportunities for Alabama. He had a big dunk over whoever it was for Mississippi State. I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, in transition off of John Petty block. He was in the right. We talk about this all the time on the show. Players being in the right spot at the right time. And that creates opportunities for your team. James Rojas was that person for the team coming off the bench against Mississippi State. Great. It was a great game to watch. Happy that they clinched. Talk about the actual game itself. Um, Like you said, James, I mean, they didn't shoot that well that night, but I mean, it's February. It's the grind. It's the hustle. Everyone's a little tired now. You're hitting that slump where, honestly, you hit that, that weird point at the end of the season where most teams are starting to look ahead because they're like, all right, we got basically, we, we know who we are. We just need to make to the tournament healthy. And that's kind of where a lot of these teams are starting to be at in terms of like mentally their state of mind. So it's natural for teams to kind of just to kind of dial it back. Not they're not shooting well because they're trying to like they're focusing on other things because they're worried not right, not for end of February, but beginning of March. Um, so, you know, I'm not upset with the numbers, 88% from the free throw line, you know, it's my favorite stat. I love it. Um, so that, that made me happy. Uh, and then like you said, like the team just plays together. That's the most important thing. It seems like whenever, uh, someone's down, two people find a way to come back up. So it's even, it just makes me happy, man. I just, it's a great team. It's a good team win. Any, any road win in the SEC is always earned. So love it. That's definitely true. And now it's time to look ahead. One of our favorite rivalries that we get to be a part of each and every year, Alabama and Auburn. We always have a strongly opinionated show, especially during the Trevin era, uh, when Auburn is getting ready to come to town. My hatred for Auburn is real. It is. And so now that's what we get to focus on is this, the second matchup with Auburn again, Sharif Cooper, a question mark, but last time he rose from the ashes and was deemed eligible to play just in time uh, to face the Crimson Tide. We'll see if he's able to come back from his injury this time around in time to face Alabama. Is this, is this a trap game? I'll go to you first, Trevin. Is this a trap game for Alabama just now clinching the SEC title? Normally I would say yes. If it was any other if it was literally any any other team name and it was the exact same roster 
the exact same record, all that stuff, I would say, this is a trap game. Let's, let's be worried. But because the name is Auburn next to it, nah, it ain't a trap game. We coming to beat their butts. I'm not even worried about it. Auburn is the one team I'm not worried about. We gonna show up for Auburn. They always got what that's coming to them. I think it's been a while since we beat them at home and on the road. So I'm really hoping I get this double dose of butt kicking on Auburn this year. Yeah, Luke, and, and it is senior, it's senior day. So does that counteract the, the possibility of that happening? Well, senior day, I was going to correct you earlier about wanting you to live with it. Uh, senior day was actually against Vanderbilt. This oh, is a cut the nets game. Yeah. Uh, that's what this game is. Well, final, final home game, excuse me. Final home game for those guys, yeah. Now we're talking. Uh, I don't think – I'm in the majority here. That I don't think it's a trap game at all because I think the trap games, Alabama's already played them, where they're expected to win. They're expected to win the conference. They have to get that monkey off their shoulder. And now they have, and they have. And I think this team's going to play a lot looser, especially if they come in and – Auburn's without Sharif Cooper, which I'll go on record here and say there's no reason for this kid to play the rest of the season. There's there's no reason whatsoever for – he's too good of a player to risk his health going into the NBA draft. And I say that in complete earnest, too. No, I, I agree. Now, Luke, I, agree. Now, Luke yeah. I hate Auburn. I hate Auburn. But Sharif Cooper, nice. I'm not even going to lie on that. That boy, nice. That boy, nice. All right. He's as good as advertised. And I think this season, because we, and he's averaging 20 points a game and what, what amount of games he's played. I think he's played 12 games in conference. Uh, Well, I actually have the stat right here in front of me. Yeah. He's played 12 games. We all knew sort of just how good he was, but because he sat out for most of the year uh, due to NCAA uh, eligibility questions and eligibility stuff, we just, I think we all sort of forgot. And I said on this show before the first Auburn Iron Bowl of basketball in Auburn, I said, if we get Sharif Cooper in the game, uh, if we get the face Sharif Cooper, expect him. He's got a terrific first step. He's a great shooter. His court vision is incredible. And he's proved all that to be true. I think he scored 24 points his first game. And, uh, <laughs> but maybe he won't play. If he, if he doesn't play, that's good news for Alabama. Uh, but this team, otherwise, not a good team at all. And we talked about this in the first game. Besides Alan Flanagan, who's played out of his mind this year, scoring 14 points per game, no one expected that. But outside of, them, outside of him, you look at JT Thor. JT Thor we talked about on the show before as being he's got the body, right? Yeah, he's, he's got, he's, got he's, he's every bit as an NBA player. If you just look at him and see and, and see it, his ceiling is ridiculously high and he can go off at any time. Uh, for me, that's a player you have to look for in this game. Yeah, I think that that is obviously one of the, the key players to look for uh, from Auburn. I think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to cheap out on it. And I'm going to go with the player to watch is Sharif Cooper because if he plays, they're a lot better team than if he doesn't play. And he is a question mark once again as to whether he'll be on the court. And I think if you're, if you're Alabama and in, in, in round one, you were hoping he wasn't on the floor. 
I think this time around, you just got to accept that he's probably going to be out there. <laughs> and I think that's the best policy too, because if he's not out there, they're, they're much less of a, a threat. Well, and that's why, uh, you know, I think you're smoking crack if you don't expect him to play. Honestly. <laughs> this is, this is a team that doesn't have lit has literally nothing to play for the rest of the year. Uh, this is it. This is it for them. Uh, well, of course, they're playing Mississippi State this weekend uh, in the open slot on Saturday. Yeah. Doesn't uh, matter. This is it. Doesn't matter. This is it. For, this is this is and and we use it as a joke, as a slight to Auburn all the time by saying that they're playing their championship game when they play us. Yeah. They're literally playing their championship game when they play us Tuesday. Uh, but look, let's look at this team. This team is it's a Bruce Pearl team. We always talk about Bruce Pearl's teams. They play to their strengths. Uh, a couple of years ago, that when Auburn went to the Final Four, that was a team that liked to put up 30 runs a game – or 30 – excuse me, 30 runs. 33 pointers a game, wow. and they knocked down 20 of them. Uh, it's a really, really good shooting team. And then last season, you had a team that wasn't so hot that was shooting the basketball. So they had to adapt. They played the more – they were more selective with their shots. They were very efficient in what little bit of shots they took. This year, it's very much the same, except they got one player, his name's Sharif Cooper, and he can shoot the ball out of his mind, as well as Jamal Johnson, Buck Johnson's son. Uh, there's only two teams with a higher three-point rate, or there's one team with a higher three-point rate, uh, or, excuse me, let me get my words together. Good, man, you're good. There are three teams, three teams with as good a three-point rate as Alabama. Yes. And that's Auburn and Vanderbilt. As strange as that sounds, two of the bottom teams in the conference. But they, this, is a, this is a team, they play sort of the way you would expect that final four team to play for Auburn, but they just don't make as much of the shots or they're not as selective, they're not as efficient as a team, uh, and they don't play good defense apart from that. But, again, this is this is what we have to look forward to. They get back, they run and gun, and they uh, they play the way you expect the Bruce Pearl team to play. I was, like, yeah. I was about to say, when you think about, like, the way that we play basketball, and then, you, like you said, the high-volume three-point shooting of the uh, Auburns and the Vandys, to me, I don't know why, but in my head, it automatically made me think of Houston and Golden State because both of them very much prided themselves on three and, you know, layups, close basket shots, and things of that nature. But the main difference between the championship Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets, who were close but no dice, was the emphasis on defense and the willingness to share the ball by, both, by everyone involved. Golden State, they was going to chuck up those threes, but you didn't know exactly which player at any given moment was going to shoot it because they just had so many weapons to choose from. But with Houston, they were going to chuck up the threes, but you knew it was coming from three guys. So just, you know, seeing that discrepancy and seeing this is very much what's going to happen here is that you're going to see Alabama, who plays very much, I'm not going to say that we're Golden State because Golden State's an all-time <laughs> team, but I'm just going to say just, just Golden State-like where it's, all right, whoever got the hot hand, ball out, you know? Okay. And you're going to see an Auburn team where it's like, all right, Sharif, be nice, let's go. <laughs> and they're just going to they're they're feed the beast, and it's just going to be up to, all right, can you drop, can you drop 30? 
Can he drop 25, at least keep us close in the game? Can he give us nine assists? What's he going to do in order to keep us keep them in the game? So I think that's what you're probably going to see, especially with Alabama being at home. Auburn's losing that, that tiny home field advantage they have this year. Um, so just just watch the discrepancies like that. It's going to be very – you're going to feel like you've seen the game before, and there's a reason why. Yeah, and uh, then coming up after – uh, that midweek game, we have Georgia. That game will be on CBS. Now, there's a trap game. That's yeah, it. <laughs> we, no, no, it's, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm so, I'm so, look, if there's a trap game, it's going to be Georgia. I've been, I've been well established that I do not care about Georgia whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> not been a tea. I cared more about those Vanderbilt teams a couple of years ago because at least then we were having to go up to Memorial in one of the most ridiculous atmospheres that you'll ever see. Not not ridiculous in the, the, that it's loud or there's a lot of no just, just, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous that you have to play on that stupid floor. But no, Georgia doesn't have any of those things working for them. They they don't really have anything working for them, as a matter of fact. And uh, yeah, I, I expect Alabama to just roll over them on national TV, which will be a good good final reminder to everybody uh, right before the the conference tournament and the postseason in general starts. All right, so you know the walk on rule, right? The walk on rule, which one? Uh, is, was it uh, ten points equals one minute? <laughs> <laughs> so how many minutes do you think walk ons are going to get, James? Oh, we're gonna. We might see five minutes of play. <laughs> I mean, this is a team, this Georgia team, and J- James. I sometimes feel he's an unjust in hating on the Georgia Bulldogs, but then they go out and they lose to on their home court to South Carolina by like a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just this team is. Uh, we talked about them before. They have what was it, James? Seven players. The average yeah, nine, nine points. points. <laughs> You look at you look at Samir Wheeler, really good ball player. Uh, but other than that, man, I mean, well, KD Johnson I, gave him twenty four against us, but yeah. he shot fifteen free throws to get it. Yeah, that's the thing. A very Cam Thomas like game from yeah. KD Johnson. But Georgia, this team is so you don't know, right? You, you don't know what they're, and of course they'll probably play out of their minds against Alabama. But this is a team they'll beat LSU by like forty one day. And then they'll go out and lose by a thousand to South Carolina, or they'll they'll. I'm, it's just they're so inconsistent. And this is Alabama. See them before Alabama beat them by over thirty, I believe the final score was. Yep, thirty-two or thirty-three. Excuse me. Yeah, thirty-three, fifteen to eighty-two. That's right. Uh, <laughs> highest scoring game in the SEC history. I don't expect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Try try to stop us from reaching one twenty in this game. Yeah. They can't play defense at all. I'm not even going to break out stats. I'm not going to do anything. It's just they can't play defense. They don't shoot the ball consistently. They're going to score probably – if they score 80 points, it'll be because the other team scored 120. I mean, Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's going to be. That, that, that's, my, that's my in-depth analysis for this all game. Right. Well, I can't spot. wait for us to lose this game and us to get blasted on social media for our terrible takes. Uh, but <laughs> regardless, this is what we're sticking with. And that'll do it for our show this week. We want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in uh, again for this blast from the past episode. I uh, want to thank our special guest, Trevin Pierre-Noel, along with my co-host each and every week, Luke Ratliff. Uh, this is James Fletcher once again saying thank you 
to all the listeners who have stuck with us through thick and through thin. Uh, we have thoroughly enjoyed covering each and every moment of it, and we've got so much more left to come uh, with this team this year. So we will see you next week. Again, James Fletcher signing off for the original Alabama Basketball Podcast.